shout all the time. Amen. The devil don't like to hear that. He don't like to hear that, does he? Amen. He's, he's on board all the time. Do you know why you're asleep? He's watching over you. Amen. If you don't believe me, just one night, take one eye and open it up and look, and you'll see the Lord's watching over you. Catch him, catch him taking care of you. Amen. Turn around, high five someone. There, give them, give them a, give them a smile. Whatever you feel led to do tonight. Amen. Let them know. Good to be here. Good to be here. I think Kids Quest are about ready to go in the back tonight. Amen. We're gonna let our staff be dismissed. Kids Quest staff, get a jump. Amen. Looking forward to. Brother Wilson, Brother Bruce Wilson, actually, last fall, sent me a text and said, Bishop, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to tell you. I was in prayer about a couple things, and he said, I just tell you, I feel like you need to pursue. And uh, that's where we kind of got our theme from for this year. But amen. All right, Kids Quest, you're dismissed. I appreciate, appreciate our kids. Amen. I think I might get to pull another tooth tonight before I leave. Yeah. You can be seated. Amen, amen. I think I could say this, and we'll all be on board. I think we're glad to see Sister Destiny back with us. I want to be around her family through the holidays. I don't holidays. I don't understand that, but I guess we. I say that because I've met her family, you know. So, but uh, we're glad. <laughs> it's fine. We're 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 glad to Amen. Have her back, and I, I do want to say this before I forget it. Um, I don't do this very often. <laughs> you most of you know this, but uh, last night I called Brother Hampshire and Sister Hampshire and said, "Listen, don't try to make it tonight. Uh, they are stressing out, uh, which really it, it's a little bit of a stress time. But after this Sunday." Uh, after this Saturday, I should say, really, uh, they'll probably be celebrating. Uh, their oldest son Malachi is getting married, and they're doing a lot of, th- and they're doing some remodel work, trying to get some things done. It wasn't quite finished yet. Uh, they are doing the catering for uh, the wedding. Uh, it's went from around a hundred or so to about hundred eighty now. In so there's just a lot of things. So I, I just last night, Sister Lord, I was talking, I said, so I called her. I said, listen, brothers, don't try to don't try to make it up tomorrow night. Just finish out your projects. Don't don't stress out. Uh, you're too young to be like me. I, I, I stressed out over the years, and I'm just telling you, don't don't stress out. You guys, uh, just stay back and get things done, and don't worry about things. So that's why they're not with us tonight. Amen. And of course, you know, Brother Bob, and you know, uh, Brother Purdue, and. Uh, Brother Bernie and Sister Alice, remember them in your prayers as well, uh, this sickness and stuff. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, four o'clock, I'm excited, four o'clock, amen, to uh, share with you the things, uh, some things we actually forget about over the year, uh, but looking back and seeing how the Lord has blessed us and some, some great things there in 2023. And how many believe there's greater in 2024? Amen. 2024, Lord, give me more. Amen, amen. Matthew chapter 22. Well, this guy, Danny, Brother Danny, I'm telling you what, it's just good to see you coming around here more and more and more. Amen. Then next thing you know, if he keeps it up, he'll have a job in the church. We'll put him to work. Amen, amen, amen. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And... uh, Amen. Oh, I left my Bible over here. Well, I said it out of the way. And uh, I forgot. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to pick up reading at verse number 34. And uh, amen. It's a continuation this week of um, what we're going to be talking about a godly lifestyle. Last week, how many remember what we talked about last week? You bunch of duds. Serving. No wonder you forgot. So now I block, as soon as you said the name last week, I blocked you out. 
serving. Amen. It should be a part of our lifestyle, serving, not just the Lord, but each other. Matthew, oh, Lord, I'm a, we might as well just have prayer and go home because you ain't really, really ain't going to like tonight. Matthew chapter 22, pick up at verse number 34, if I can find it here. 2234. Amen. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, I love that. I love that. They were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, somebody say liar, lawyer, asked him a question. Tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the great commandment in the law? What's, what's, what's number one? Verse 37, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And he was correct. That's, that was the number one commandment in the law. That's it. And he said in verse 38, he said, But this, this is the first and great commandment. And the second, notice this. He said, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the, thy neighbor as thyself. Somebody say, uh-oh. <laughs> Amen. Verse number 40. On these, here's, here's what we don't catch a lot. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. I want to just, just want to draw back from verse 34 where he says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Tonight in talking about a godly lifestyle, I want to talk about, amen, a godly lifestyle and conflict. Look at your neighbor and say conflict. Amen. You can be seated. And if you're married, ask forgiveness quick now before we get into it. Conflict. Last week we talked about, which you didn't remember, serving. And I'd like to address tonight conflict. How many's never had a conflict with any, anything or anyone? I think then we're probably safe tonight to talk about it. Because I'd like to talk, address conflict because a, a misconception of the Bible is this. And I, I want you to get this. A misconception of the Bible, what a lot of people just, the Bible can't or couldn't possibly contain everything I need to know about life. That's a misconception. Everything you need to know about life is in the Word of God, is in the spirit of the Word of God. Now, those situations and answers are sometimes and I say sometimes hard to find in the pages of our scripture. But what we need uh, and what I need uh, for, our, for our journey, for our walk with God, uh, it's in there. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in there. It's in there. There are things, amen. We're living in a time when people want you, want the preacher, want the, you know, ministry to just quote the commandments like of the Old Testament, thou shall not. And I just want to address a couple things about that because in the Bible, whether it says thou shalt not, there's a spirit of what God loves and what God provides in his word about life and about how we should conduct ourselves. Conflict resolution. Somebody say resolution. Conflict re resolution is very literal and easy to see in the Bible, in the Word of God. It's there. Sometimes we just don't want to deal with it. We have learned to have our own way of doing things in some cases. Could I get an amen? No matter what the preacher says, no matter what the Bible says, we have our own way about some things, and we kind of stick to it. But here in Matthew 22, I want you to look at this. The Pharisees had asked Jesus, and just give me a moment. The Pharisees had asked Jesus for the greatest of all commandments. Lord, we just want to know, what's the greatest? Now, I want you to see this, because his answer was to love the Lord thy God, which we, I think, all agree. 
But he also gives them another one that's a little harder to follow. This is where we're going to get into it. He gives them one that's just, you know, love the Lord is one thing. But to love your neighbor, you might be sitting together right now, but look out next week. They asked for one. He gave him two. Be careful what you ask God for. That's just a quick lesson right there. Oh, we want to know the greatest. Well, I'll give you the greatest, but let me tell you something else. Let me, let me tell you what the second is. Now, let me stop you right there. We didn't ask you for the second. Because after hearing it, we definitely know now, no, we don't want to know. Because I'm only accountable for things I know when I'm taught. But notice what he says. Love your neighbor. Man, every one of us, I don't care who you are. I don't care how sweet you think you are. That affects every one of us. It does. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, my justification sometimes, just like yours, sometimes I say, well, I don't really love myself that well, so I don't have to love you all that much either. That's just a self-esteem issue. But now let's be perfectly honest. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Loving people can be the most difficult of all the commandments. I don't have a problem not stealing. I don't have a problem not lying. I don't have, I don't have a problem with those things. But man, some of my neighbors, and it don't mean your next door neighbor. It means those who we come in contact with, those that know us, those that we interact with. Because sometimes we, somebody say people, make it hard to be loved. You ever just love somebody? I, I said it Sunday. I just love that dude over there. But man, he makes it hard to love him. Look at those pearly whites. It just, no, you ever just love just something about somebody, but man, they make it difficult. I got a neighbor, neighbor. For years, I've been talking to him and trying to get, and man, every chance he gets, he wants to be negative. Talk about the neighborhood. Talk about the neighbors. Talk about other this. And, I, you know, I'm right in the midst, trying to change the subject, and you know, somehow he ends up right back to it. And then finally, you just go, well, I, I got to get going. Constantly, constantly. There's just some people, and sometimes we have to tell ourselves, we make it hard to be loved. And yes, it's been said, the only problem, and I've heard this over the years, the only problem with the church today is people. Can I get an amen? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what church is. We the people, the people. Now, isn't it strange? I mean, let me, let me just kind of be a little negative for a minute. Isn't it strange? We the people, especially the church, because really to be a part of the church, you've got to have the spirit. You've got to be born again. You can call yourself the church, but to be the church, you've got to be born again of water and of spirit. No man shall see the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and of spirit. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none in the name of every given unto me. We have to be born again of water and spirit. So if we've got the Holy Ghost, what's the Holy Ghost? Comforter. It's the Spirit of God. What is God? Love. Huh? Love. I mean, right there, two strikes against us. Comforting and loving. We're not. Sometimes it is so hard to be a comforter. When someone's telling you all their woes and how come they're so broken and, and, and all you're doing, you're looking at it and saying, well, my God, get rid of that phone. My God, get rid of your cable TV. My God, look at them $150, $200 tennis shoes. That might be light nowadays. I think they've gone up for shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, amen. A guy had $400 some dollar pair of shoes. What? 
It's crazy. But it's true. It's true. Think about it. Sometimes we think it's people that's the problem. And it's not people. It could just be us. Somebody say me. Sometimes it's how I view you. How you view me. I've learned one thing. I've learned pastoring and ministry. And amen. One thing I've learned working 25 years in a prison, in a prison system. Uh, I, I learned. I know when people look at me, I know how people treat me. I know kind of how they reflect on me. You learn some things you learn to live with. Because when you know who you are, you justify to yourself, I don't care, I don't care what you know Rick thinks about me, I know who I am. I know what I am. And and sometimes we try to resolve ourselves and we try to fix that conflict within ourselves. But really what we've got to do is we've got to allow the spirit and we've got to allow the Holy Ghost, we've got to allow the comforter to give us what we need so that we can deal with our conflict before we can deal with someone else's. Come on, before you can help someone, you got to make sure you got your ducks in a row. I love people that know how to give out advice but can't take it or live it. Don't want it. But they know how to tell you about your thing or your life or your way. It's, it's, it's just prominent today. But we, we do have a spiritual, we do have a biblical responsibility to love one another. Don't we not? Do we not? I have to love you. I have to. We have to love each other. We have to. Because I say we have to because if, if we don't, we're not right. If we're not careful, it'll become a sin. And we know there's no sin going to be in heaven. You know, we got this idea that we're going to, you know, we're just going to, you know, transition into heaven. And, 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 and you know, first of all, your body's not going to go. So these things that are attached to you, it's not attached to your flesh. Oh, understand, our flesh is not going up. So if it's attached to us, it's attached to the soul, the inside. If we got issues or things that we have to do, it's what's on the inside. It's not the outside. It's not our, because, you know, we blame a lot on the flesh. And the flesh has a lot to do with it. But your mind's your flesh. It's a part of your spirit. It's a part of your psyche. It's a part of how you think and what, how you view things and how you see things and how we understand. And it feeds our soul. If we're not careful, that's the only source of fuel. And when that happens, somebody's in trouble. Because then we understand what the term worldly means. And so when we think about these things, those things are not going to stay attached to us uh, because it, ha- it can't be a part of our soul. It can't be a part of our inside. Matter of fact, St. John chapter 13, verse 35, you probably can quote it. By this. Shall all men know, somebody say everybody, that you are my disciples. If you pay your tithes and go to church. No. If, look at that big word, if. Sometimes that word is a big word. If you have love one to the other. Why is it getting quiet? I'm taking notes, I hope. Wow. Think about it. By this shall all men know. By what? By the way we treat one another. By the way we show love to one another. If you have love one toward another. Now, when it comes to brother and sisterhood of different faiths, I believe there's a there's a, there's a fine line there because if I love someone enough, I'm going to share them the gospel. I don't care what they call themselves. Even knowing that they're not on the same page 
or in the same vein that you may be in by the word of God. But I love people enough to tell them hell's not worth getting rich, having a lot, doing what you want to do. It's not worth it. Whether we try to split hairs or not, the bottom line is I would rather risk trying to do everything I can for God now and find out, well, you know what, it didn't matter. Oh, well, so what? What's lost? A little bit of time. Then to go through life, miss salvation, miss the plan, miss the lifestyle of living for God, pleasing God, and not make it. Then it'll be too late. Well, you know, I don't believe you have to do all those things. You can believe all you want to. What does the Bible say? What does the Word say? What is our pattern? What is the example that we have? Because what the Lord says, what he wants to see is, by this shall all people know you have love one toward the other. There's faith in this community that may not, they may miss the mark when it comes to understanding salvation, but they know about love. I'm not going to say the denomination, but I was talking to a pastor that's in the, the denomination that, you know, they're very faithful on Sundays. And I said, man, I said, you know, one thing I've learned, I said, y'all, in your faith, y'all, brothers, just, just show a lot of love. He giggled. He said, how many churches of your faith in town and how many churches of my faith in town? I have about 15 or 20 to contend with because there's so much love amongst us. Where do you think those come from? A lot of them started because they split and left and I said, wow, I guess I didn't think of it that way. I just see, you know, this group of people, and my, my, my thoughts are, man, they just love each other and just, you know, happy-go-lucky. He said, he said, well, get on the inside and you'll see. And it, and it surprised me. I thought, wow. And then I got to thinking, I thought, you know what, that's true. Holding a standard is one thing. And I, you know, you whatever you want to say about it. Holding a standard, holding a holiness is one thing. But when you think about all the churches and all the all the lifestyles and all the things that's in the community, there's a lot. And they have to contend with each other. Being separate means something. It does. And that's why the Lord's letting us know how you separate yourself. Part of that is the love we show to each other. How many believe that you got to get, I've got to, we say it personally, I've got to get better at this. We do. We've got to get better. He said, by this shall all men know. People should know us by our love, not by our standard of dress. Because sometimes we, we go by what we see. We see things, and, you know, we look at the homage, and we look at some of these others, and we think, wow. You know, we look at the Mormon. We look at, you know, uh, Brigham Young University and how great things are. Well, look at their history. Brigham Young had 55 wives. Truth. Joseph Smith, the Mormon founder, had 30, 20 or 30. If you need to forgive me for saying this, I don't know if that's wisdom or not. But it's true. That's, that's just historically true. I mean, my point in that is, I mean, love is limited. Love has its boundaries. Hear what I'm saying? In that vein, you can't love everybody. Zach, you can't have 20 or 30. We can't have a whole stringer full of fish. I'll leave that alone. But we all, every one of us, I believe all of us have a unique, all of us have a, a beauty that God created in us. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm different. These triplets are different. Man, do we know it. I mean, they're triplets, but we know they're different. I'm different. You're different. We have a, a unique 
a uniqueness about us individually. We have a beauty about us individually. We may not see it in each other, but God does. He made us. Sometimes we just have to recognize that. I believe God's happy with what he created in me. Come on, you've got to feel that way. You've got to be happy that God created you, me, the way we are. We're unique. The problem comes when we, you know, when, when others, I'll say it that way, don't feel the same about those that are different. They have differences. They have different attributes that, that God made. So conflict, something we must learn to deal with. That's not my cup of tea, but I'm happy for you. It's, oh, listen to me. If there's, you know, I don't care about other, these other denominations. In our faith and our rank, jealousy is rampant. Envy is rampant. Let somebody get blessed. Let something happen. Amen. Let something take place. And man, some people just get so bent out of shape and so jealous and envious. Over the years, we've had visitors come in and you know, they, they mean well. They'll look at me and say, man, you got a maid. This is nice. <laughs> Do you know what it took to get here? Got it made. Oh, now it's not. I mean, do you know what? Do you know what conflict? You know what? You, uh, come, do you know all these things? Come on, we know that about our own lives. Come on, when somebody, oh, look at Sister Shelly. She's so sweet, so happy. You know what it took to get there? It took daughters. Now, son-in-law. No, it. Listen, you know what it took to get. We look around at the young people, look around at the church. Oh, look at sweet so-and-so and sister brother. Oh, look at sister August. Isn't she just so beautiful and lovely? Bless her. 80 years old, man. She just, oh, my God. Do you know what it took to get there? Look, what, look at it. Bitterness makes me sweeter. If we learn how to deal with conflict, bitterness can turn, amen, you into being sweeter. Because you know when someone's going through something, you know where they're at. You done been there. And so you know how to deal with the mindset of saying, oh, I see, and I know that they're struggling with these attributes and with these differences. So when it comes to conflict, we've got to understand the Bible's full of things that we, we have scripture on how to handle each other when issues arise, somebody say they will. <laughs> now, if you're, if you're keeping track, I want you to write these down because I, I can't go through all of them. But th- right here, and I'm just giving you a brief, brief overview of what your Bible, what our Bible shows us how to deal with one another. James 1.19, how to talk to one another. Proverbs 15 and 1. Responding. Proverbs 15 and 1. Let me act like I'm running out of battery juice. How we respond. Romans 12, 17 through 21. Revenge. Matthew 5 and 9. Peacemakers. Five and nine. Philippians. I turned this into the. Let's see why we need help in the back. I turned in Philip, Philip 2 and 4. And they said, but there's no Philip in the Bible. Philippians 2 and 4. Self-intentions. Proverbs 16 and 7. God's way. If you want to know what part of that is, is peace. Colossians 3.13, bearing one another's burdens. James 1, 2 through 4, faith. Now, let me give you Leviticus 19 and 18, 
putting others first. Ephesians 4.31 Dealing with bitterness. Matthew 5.24 Reconciliation. Ephesians 4, 26. Dealing, Gabe, with your anger. Dealing with your anger. 1 Corinthians 13. And you read all 1 through 13 in that chapter. And it tells you the importance of love. We're going to talk some more about this here in just a minute, but Matthew 5, 23, 24. Conflict with your brother. You go to Matthew, what did I say? Matthew 5, 23, 24. Verse 23, 24. In other words, when you go to the altar... How many of us are proceeding without doing it? We're out of line. That's, that's basically in a nutshell. Luke 17, 4. Grace for your brother. Grace. That's, that's, that's a big one for us. Romans 13, 1 through 4. How we fit within our government. We should have the right view about our government. Micah. How many know it's the last book in the Old Testament? Micah. Six and eight. My favorite part. It's, it's me in a nutshell. Staying humble. Man, you're paying attention. Proverbs 18 and 19. <laughs> the bars of bitterness. Bitterness. And last... I'm going to give you tonight is Amos 3 and 3. Agreement. Can two walk together except they agree? Those are just, those are just things that we can look at to try to help better ourselves. And I want, to, I, I want to write those out separately because to try to go through some of them, it would just be too time consuming. But Take, take the time to look at those because we have enough scripture to handle whatever issues that will arise. And when we look at the word of God and we ingest the word of God, then guess what? If it becomes us, well, then we'll know how to deal with some things. Now, I want to, before I close, I want to I I deal with specific issues. And this is something we haven't really done. It's in our bylaws. It's what we're supposed to do. But, uh, and I apologize because I feel like I have not allowed this to probably uh, happen or transpire over the years. Uh, and for different reasons at different times. But go with me to Matthew chapter 18. Let's go down to uh, verse number 15. The Lord, the Lord's doing some teaching here. Moreover, if thy brother, somebody say sister, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, what does that mean, trespass? Get in your space, do you wrong? Use words against you? If thy brother trespass against thee, go tell him, his fault between you and him alone. Rick, you ticked me off. You mentioned Chinese when I was fat. Man, that messed me up. No, go tell them, go tell them alone. Not on internet. 
Social media, let's just air the laundry because the brother did me wrong. Bless God. I feel the Lord. I've got it up. No. You go. We go to, if someone, listen, we go to them individually. If they try, go and tell them their fault between thee and them alone. And if they'll hear you, you have gained a brother. Verse 16. This, this is how we this is how we resolve conflict. But if they will not hear you, sometimes mothers don't hear when you want to say something about their kids. Right, Damon? Got three of them. Three times the money. I heard that. I, I heard that. No. We go. We go. Yeah. Or you know, you can't talk about my mama like that. You can't. You can't. Don't make me come. No. What? What do you do? Somebody. Somebody crossed the line. Maybe you don't know. But if they won't hear you, then take someone with you. Take one with thee or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. Now, we pastors, we in ministry, over the years, we have kind of put a squatch on that some. We don't like to have people butting heads, and we sure don't want people going to each other and making it worse. That's the theme or the thought. But this is the Word of God. And if they shall neglect to hear, verse 17, hear them, tell it to the church. Oh, I can't wait to set some of you out. Doesn't come to you a hundred times, Shelly. You ain't making it. That's it. Tell it to the church. But if they neglect to hear the church, if the church says, listen, straighten up. We love you. What happens? Let him be into thee as a heathen man and a publican. What does that mean? Leave him alone. You're not a part of the brother and sisterhood. You're not a part of things. That's love. Because the only way somebody can be restored is through humility. We've got, to, we've got to, each one of us has got to have enough spirit about us to be able to humble ourselves whether we're right or wrong. Because in today's layman's term, the best thing that we can do now is, well, let's just agree to disagree. That don't resolve nothing because you're going to walk away and still have hard feelings. It's happening. It's happening in the church. If it wasn't, the Lord wouldn't have told us about it. Look at it. Because when you have conflict within the church, most likely, I guarantee it's going to happen at some point. If you're new, at some point it's going to happen. Somebody's going to really ruffle your feathers, Brother Purdue. You need to know how to handle it in a biblical, in a scriptural, in a godly way. Because Matthew 18 here explains to us the process. We're to make sure we take care of it. If I know there's an issue, I should try to take care of it with you. And if nothing, listen, and if you meet, you cannot work an agreement out and can't get the conflict worked out, then verse 16 says, take one or two more with you. And t Because typically what happens, when this takes place and you reach out to someone, you know, guess what? The Holy Ghost is going to do something. And if it's presented the right way and done the right way, I don't mean jump up and stick your finger in somebody's face. Yeah, I'm offended. You made me mad. No, that's not the way to do it. That's not the way we approach it. But now, if no resolution can come out of it, then the pastor will bring you before the church, is what we should be doing, and, and say, listen, this can't be resolved. By these. And really, this is why some of you, and you elders need to hear this. This is why an elder board is very important in the church. Because they're to handle spiritual matters. 
That's why praying and fasting should be on your docket all the time. Because you never know when something like that could come up and it should happen. If there's, if there's a conflict that cannot be resolved, the elder board will have the final say in the matter, in the church. This is, this, this is, this is what we're going to do. This has happened one time in the 30 years I've been in ministry, or at least 20-some years, almost 30 years of pastoring. I've had to do it one time. Because the person wasn't being honest, lied. I went to them and they wasn't truthful about it, trying to hide it. I had to call them in, told their family, oh, you know, Brother Purdue, he's just mean, hard, and da-da-da, which I am. Makes it easy to kind of point the finger at. Didn't get it resolved. And so we brought the person in before the board, said, here's what you need to do. You need to get up and repent to the church, say you're sorry, humble yourself. Can't do that. You've got until this time to do that. Then we send a letter. That's what our bylaws say. We send our letter to them saying they are excommunicated from the church. One time in my pastoral. One time. And those are extreme circumstances. Now, those are the, those are the ways things should be done. And, and, and the Lord says, listen, there ought to be enough spirit about us that we're able to resolve things. Because when you go into a, a, a conflict, you have to go into it with a humble mind saying, you know what, I've got to give a little bit here. I don't want to paint this. And listen, trust me, I'm so guilty of this sometimes. And I have, I mean, up until, I mean, I've tried my best not to, but I try not to paint people in a corner to where they have to come out to you. Nor do you want to be painted in a corner to where you have to draw lines. But it, sometimes those issues will come that way. But we've got to handle them the right way. And moving forward, that's why I want to I teach this lifestyle this way. Moving forward, this is what we've got to do to honor the Word of God. That's why in the Word of God, listen, you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got to let the Holy Ghost help you. I've got to let the Holy Ghost help me. We do. Now, let me, let me begin to close here. Luke chapter 17. Verse number 3. Just, just this one verse. Take heed to yourself. Somebody say me. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. That's why, as a pastor, some of you want some things, you know, addressed and some things not addressed. Listen, sometimes you just got to let the word, let the ministry, let the, let the word, let the preaching get, get, do its job. Because we've got the Holy Ghost when we come together. We've got the Spirit and the Spirit of God. And at any given time, God can move on somebody, humble them down, or move on you to say, listen, it don't matter what, what you did or what, don't ma- I don't have to be right. Love you. Let's move forward. Forgive me. Take heed to yourself. If your brother trespasses, what does rebuke mean? Rebuke means to express sharp disagreement. That ain't right. Because of behavior, because of actions, before we rebuke someone, before we express our feelings, there has to be that, those actions and behavior. Reproof. It means correction. It's what the Word does. It's what the Word will do for us. And I don't mean we walk up and I rebuke you, Corey, in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke them in, in the way to where, listen, I come to you and tell you, you didn't do right. This was not right. That wasn't the right way. This was, this was wrong. like a it's a reprimand how many's ever got a reprimand on our job I got reprimanded on my job and it wasn't even about my job I got called in the office superintendent of the super of Indiana Pendleton Reformatory Jack Duckworth Mr. Renew have a seat 
I, you know, you, you're, doing, you're doing a great job, been here X number of years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I've got to tell you, you've got this CBO coming in here, and I want you to stop the spiritual stuff. So what? I'm going to have to tell you, I'm going to have to reprimand you and tell you, I want the spiritual stuff stopped in those services once a month. I'm glad I did a good job because I'm about ready to cross the line here. I said, well, all I can tell you is it's not something we pin out or plan out. It's something that God does. And I, I don't know about you, where you sit. Uh, I can't help what God does. What God does, he does. And in some cases, it's not me that he's doing it through. It's the men. And they, Lord, get a hold of them. They get loud. Worship. It scares people because it echoes. And so there's, there's not much. I said, so I, I'm sitting here, sir, and I want you to know, out of respect, I cannot make that promise. Fell back in his chair, looked at me, said, well, I just want you to know, we're keeping an eye on things. You do what you can do so we don't have to shut it down. And when he said shut it down, I thought, oh, Lord. Because then you start thinking, okay, I want to make sure we're able to bring the word to these guys in a way that they can get the truth because there's so much junk. And so there's times you have to think about, okay, this is what's presented to me. How do I work with what I've got? And so what some of it is, I just went back to the guys and said, here's what we're going to do. When the Spirit of the Lord breaks out, bring them over here. Bring them down here. Let's isolate. Let's try to get this. Let's try to get, let's get around them. We try to do some things to where somebody have a breakthrough. Somebody begin to speak in tongues. We pray through somebody. I mean, the, the bottom line is when, when we baptize 11 guys uh, that were, the, the Catholic priest had to be there because of legality or whatever. And the Catholic priest had to be there. And, and, and they rolled us out a little tub that we baptized. 11 guys, we baptized. Three of them come up out of the water speaking in tongues. And in the prison, it echoes. And when they come up out of the water speaking in tongues, oh, my Lord, this Catholic priest's eyes was big as. Stay with me. You thought the devil showed up. You can't help those things. So sometimes we have to take a rebuke, a reprimand, or we have to take something and say, okay, I can repent. I can say, okay, Lord, I don't want to be out of your will. So just give me the right way, the right leading to be able to do it. Because notice, in, and let me close with this, notice in, in none of these passages say go to the pastor or the assistant pastor or, or the leadership with issues and involve them in every detail of the problem. Can I say that again? I wrote this down big so I remind myself so I wouldn't get ahead of myself. None of the scriptures say go to the bishop and with issues that involve every detail of your problem. Go to the Lord. Search your heart. And if it's an issue with someone, conflict, then resolve it. Conflict resolution means you solve it. You come up with an answer. And I go to Danny and say, Danny, I don't like that hairdo you got. What can we do about it? Buy me a wig, preacher. Okay. Or shave your head and we'll be brothers. No, the, we've got to ask God to help us to resolve things because and this is one thing that struck me. Growing up, I was taught this way. And growing up, I don't, I don't remember going to Brother Howard uh, over issues that were, and people going to Brother Howard over, unless they become very serious issues. Couldn't be resolved. We ought to be able to, we ought to have brotherly love to each other and say, listen. Now, I don't mean, listen, now look, look at me. And I'm talking to our elders and I'm talking to our young people. I don't mean going to our song worship leader and saying, I don't like that song. I don't, there ain't no songbook song. I don't like these new songs. 
It offends I don't I can't or I don't like you singing out of the songbook every once in a while. No, it's it's not about those kind of issues. Not every song's my song. I'll just be honest with you. Chandra knows that. Sister Chandra knows that. Shoot, there's some songs we still sing. I couldn't tell you the words myself. And we've sung them a hundred times. And I've read them. Because if we don't put ourselves into it, we're not going to take anything out of it. So when God deals with you about a situation, listen, ask him what to do. Here's the, here's the word of God. If it's serious enough, I need to go to somebody because it's bothering me. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But when it comes to some of these issues, scripturally, you should know what the Bible says and how to handle it. Because, again, we all have the same amount of salvation. I don't have this much and you have this much. When you receive the Holy Ghost, <laughs> you have not already done so. <laughs> if you haven't, listen, you'll be given the same amount that anyone else. What's your name, sister? Sister Mercedes? Is that it? Am I saying it right? Yeah, Mercedes. Let's pray. Let me end on a good note. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, conflict. God, there's a lifestyle that we live. Come on, serving God, dealing with conflict. We've got to learn how to do it properly. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for humility. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to just realize, Lord, God, not just to tread upon the mercy and tread upon your grace, God, not to just take issue, Lord, with things, God. God, but those things, God, that someone would do or say or hurt us, Lord, God, help us. Help us, Lord God, as we come before you, as we come to that altar, Lord. God, help us to realize, Lord, and to know, know so that we can make things right. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Shake hands and be friendly.